Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you, Phil. Uh, great to see everyone tonight. Uh, and yes, we're going to continue the discussion of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, and obviously, being one of the, the greatest of all commandments, it is awesome to get to spend some additional time discussing it. And uh, these are kind of the ambiguous icons that I'm using to represent heart, mind, soul, and strength. But before we begin to talk about that, I think it's important that I show you this picture. And you you take a look at this, you say, okay, well, maybe that looks like Bobby if he was, you know, a little bit a little bit more balding once so a bit more of my hair goes, maybe that's what I'll look like. Just look at that picture for, for another five seconds or so here. And now what do you see here? It's kind of like a, a, an ambiguous form of what we just saw, right? It is, uh, you know, if you had to do a real quick sketch of that guy, maybe you'd land with something like this. Uh, and, you know, it's important that you, our, our brain has this way of kind of filling in the gaps when, when things are missing uh, and has a way of, of creating that which sometimes is, is not so much there. Now, I want you to take a look at this photo. as a cute little mouse just hanging out. Let's look at this for another five seconds or so, too. Okay, I'm going to show you one more image, uh, which you'll now see is kind of this ambiguous form of that mouse, right? Another like, hey, take a real quick sketch. There you go. And, you know, what's really interesting is that our brains are very well attuned to, again, filling in the details or gaps. And so even though that second picture was exactly the same, it uh, could look like perhaps this guy or perhaps that mouse. And this is something that's called priming. When your brain is primed and then something else is shown or given, you can kind of see things in a different way based entirely on the priming and not the image itself or not the thing itself. And so tonight we're going to have a lesson on priming. And we're going to look at this about our hearts, our minds, our soul, and our strength and consider how we can prime those things either in godly ways or ungodly ways. So let's start with a story in the Bible, and then we'll, we'll go through them line by line. Matthew 14, 22 through 29. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he replied. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly. You 
are the son of God. And what I love in this story is that we see Peter filled with faith. When his eyes are on Christ, he believes the unbelievable. He proclaims something that makes no sense. Tell me to come out there and walk with you. Uh, and the moment that he looks away, when he instead sees the wind, the crashing waves around him, when the even concept of fear returns to his heart, he sinks. His eyes direct to something else, and he no longer is the faithful man he was just a moment ago. And if we think of this in the concept of one who, in one case, he was primed by the vision of Christ, and in one, he was primed by the worries of the world. It makes a lot of sense why he was able to withstand and do something that only God had the power to provide to do, to have him walk on water, this miraculous thing, purely because his faith was so enlivened and enlarged by seeing Jesus be the miraculous divine that he was. And so with that story on our minds, let's let's look about how this kind of plays out with how we can prime our hearts. All right, so let's talk about our hearts. Proverbs 4:23 says, above all else guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so if we think about, okay, what does it mean to prime our hearts for the work of God, a work of God. Well, if you prime your heart for engagement, the scriptures tell us that you will see God, that you'll find someone to serve, and literally even that you will serve Jesus himself when you do things for the least of these. Some scriptures that reinforce this, 1 John 3.17, 1 Peter 3.15, Matthew 5, 8, right? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Matthew 25 through 40 as well. But if you prime your heart for withdrawal, you will find reasons to escape. And what I mean by that is that if we get in a situation and we feel like I do not have the passion for this. I do not have the hope for this. I do not have the level of compassion required to continue to serve or get through this difficult time. Satan will give us plenty of excuses or reasons to step out of that situation. And in fact, our, our entire lives are, there's always this tension of all of these opportunities to leave the faith, to give up on it, to abandon, to say, you know what? I just can't go on anymore. Proverbs 28, 14 says, blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. Every day, our hearts are continued to made fresh and anew by the grace of God. We are continued to give opportunities to love and to serve uh, and to use our hearts for God's glory. But we have to keep priming them for engagement. And Jesus understood this. Even in the, the short story that we read, we see him withdrawing 
for a quiet place to pray, to continue to place himself in the right mindset uh, with the right heart vision of what the world should be so that he could return and engage the crowds and love them and continue to encourage his disciples and work through their faithlessness to continue to love them and challenge them and give them hope. And so again, if we prime our hearts for engagement, we will see God, we'll find people to serve, and we will serve Jesus himself. But if we prime our hearts for withdrawal, we'll have reasons to escape uh, and, and reasons to, to give up on loving and caring for others, and we will harden our hearts. Every day we have the opportunity to set our hearts in one of those two directions. Okay, let's talk about our minds briefly. If you prime your mind with godly wisdom, you will become a protector of the faith, full of discernment. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And 1 Corinthians 2, 16, I think is a great encouragement to us. It says, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows how to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. And, and truly, in this day and age, we need heroes who are willing to stand up, holding on to godly wisdom and teaching the next generation how to know him, how to serve him, how to act upon his word that was given to us. If you prime your mind with godly wisdom, you will become a protector of the faith, full of discernment, able to handle the complex situations that come into all of our lives where there is no clear, direct scripture of what we're supposed to do, and yet a full knowledge of the narrative of what God is doing in this world and an understanding of his will and his law will continue to give us direction and hope and the ability to judge, again, those tough circumstances and do things the way that he would intend us to. If we continue to read his word and get input from one another and continue to try to figure out what is God saying and how to handle the situation, we can do those things and care for others. But instead, if we prime our minds with worldly thinking, we will be led astray. There is a litany of warnings on this. In fact, if you if you look at uh, essentially like how to, it, if you were to go through the New Testament and try to find scriptures that deal with false teaching, false teachers, or uh, essentially worldly worldly discernment, there is something in every single book of the Bible that is either directly stated or strongly alluded to with the exception of Philemon. So, so amen, we'll leave that aside. Uh, but all the other books in the New Testament, this is a constant theme of making sure that we hold on to the truth and how worldly thinking will get in the way and, and lead us astray. Ephesians 4, 17 through 18 says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. 
They are darkened in the understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So a recalling to the, the uh, priming our hearts negatively, but specifically the futility of our thinking that can come into place when we've primed our mind with worldly thinking. What we consume matters. Yes, it's possible <laughs> to, to read bad arguments and things that don't make sense and work through it and be, a, be skeptical and continue to grow in your faith, uh, but we're foolish to think that if we let things go into our mind unchecked and unreasoned, that it will not, over time, lead us astray. You know, podcasts are very persuasive because it is in oral form in a way that it is much easier to parse through text and figure out whether or not something is true or not. Instagram posts, because of their shareability and the way they compact information into a very bite-sized chunk, can be very convincing without considering the alternatives to that way of thinking. Uh, the, the pure idea of a meme is not just a funny internet picture. It, it, it truly is the idea for how information can be transported and ideas can exist within a very small box that then propagate and go along. And so as we think about the content that we consume, when we think about our, our Netflix watch histories, when we think about how we are allowing our minds to be shaped, we need to be sure that we are not day after day priming our minds with worldly thinking, but that we are priming it with godly wisdom that will help us discern all that the world has uh, to, to throw at us. This does, mean, does not mean that we disengage from the world. It means that we view it with eyes that have first looked upon God and are determined to see his will done here on earth. We do not want to be led astray by things that we have not sat down and count the cost of where they will lead. All right, let's talk about our souls. Um, this is probably the hardest one to get a good image of, so <laughs> bear with me. Psalm 63.1 says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. If you prime your soul by yearning for God, you will find true peace and fulfillment. Because God and yearning for him and chasing after his, his statutes and his, his law is something that is possible. And David and the other writers of the Psalms, their yearning for God is, is un, unmatched. In the Bible, you just look through and there's just so many examples of this very clear picture of, of yearning, of this idea that our souls are thirsty and it needs to be filled with something. And if we fill it with God, we will be satisfied. We will have what we need to make it through life. And if we continue to prime our soul by yearning for God, again, we will find true peace and fulfillment. But alternatively, if we prime our soul for worldly desires, we will end up ensnared and with nothing. Obviously, Ecclesiastes as a whole makes this incredibly clear. 
but there also are just so many examples of scriptures directly. 1 John 2, 15 through 17, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Store up treasures for yourself in heaven, not here on earth, where it will be destroyed. And this is greed. This is unchecked pride. This is impurity. This is all of the things that any chasing after of it only creates the desire for more chasing of it. It is addiction across the board. It is this idea that we need something, and if we go for it, and if we give a little, and we give a little, we will end up ensnared and with nothing. Alternatively, if we prime our souls by yearning for God, we will find true peace and fulfillment. Okay, let's talk about our strength. If you prime your strength for service, you will be strong. Proverbs 11.25 says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. This has been one of the most consistently proved true scriptures in my life. Year after year, month after month, situation through situation, relationship by relationship, when I am someone who is attempting, investing, and intentionally refreshing others, I myself am refreshed. I am able to do far more than when I am just trying to take care of myself and be okay. And this doesn't mean that we, we work ourselves to the bone and do not consider what God does say about rest and what he does teach us about how to, to be re-engaged. And again, we see Jesus's example, but you cannot get around the scriptures. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Alternatively, if you prime your strength for toil, you will be wary. And again, we know God has designed us to be men and women who work. He has designed us to be people who do something, who take care of the world around us, that take care of the people around us, uh, that do not just sit idly by. And whether that looks like being at home and, and having an incredible prayer ministry for all those that you know and care about and those that you don't know and those that would be your enemies, or whether it means day in, day out, getting in the car, driving to the study, driving to work, driving to go meet with someone to mentor them, it, it absolutely looks like it can be service or it can be toil. You know, when in Haggai, the, the people's issue is that they were caring for their own houses, not the Lord's. And so God speaks through Haggai to say, 
You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. And Matthew 6 reinforces this theme. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let us prime our hearts to go forward in compassion. Let us prime our minds to be directed by godly wisdom. Let us prime our souls to yearn for what God is doing and has done and will do through us. And let us prime our strength for service. Because truly, God has designed us to be men and women and not mice. So two questions to, to leave you with. We don't have time for breakout rooms this evening, but please work through this and discuss this with someone else uh, in the church, someone else that you're reaching out to, uh, someone else that could, could aid in this conversation and challenge yourself and challenge others. Did God design me to be a man or a woman or to be a mouse? How will I prime my heart, mind, soul, and strength towards God? Awesome. Thank you all for your attention and your time tonight.